Welcome to the Get Fit with Jodell podcast. I am, as usual, Jodell, and I'm super excited to have on somebody who has um, got an eye for health, if you know what I mean. We're talking about the eyes today, and I brought on Dr. Taylor DeGroot. Taylor is a doctor of optometry with a passion for holistic medicine with specific focus as to how the eyes relate to the health of the body. And I've always been fascinated about eyes. Uh, I myself, that is where my weak point lies, so I've always been working on my eyes. And so I found Taylor and wanted to figure out how she could assist me in, in regenerating my eyes a bit more after a toxic mold exposure. So she believes in the body's ability to regenerate and heal itself if it's given the right tools. And so do I. She practices bioenergetics for the eyes and she believes in finding the root cause of eye conditions and how those conditions can help address the root cause of other conditions going on in the body. So Taylor, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So I'm interested, tell us how the eyes became an interest to you. What got you Mm -hmm. into studying eye health and becoming a doctor of optometry? Yeah, so I was always kind of geared toward the medical field. I always knew I wanted to do something in medicine. Um, But I wasn't sure exactly what. When I was a kid, I just knew, you know, I wanted to be a doctor and that was it. (laughs) But um, I sort of got more interested in what was going on with the eyes when my dog got cataracts. um, When he was like pretty young, he was like five years old. Um, And he also had like other issues like retinal detachment Um, And then he also had an eye injury. (laughs) So he pretty much had every eye issue in the book. Um, And so I really enjoyed um, like going to his eye specialist appointments with him. And I just became like pretty fascinated with everything that you can see from the eyes. It is the only part of the body that you can actually see the blood vessels. So it's like the only part of the body that you can see the blood vessels without having to cut someone open. So it's a really cool window into our overall health. Um, You can see things like diabetes, hypertension, um, thyroid disease, so many different, you know, conditions. And they, a lot of times they do manifest in the eye because the eyes have a really high uh, metabolic rate and they require so much energy. So it is one of the first places um, in the whole body that starts to degenerate. That's super fascinating. I had no idea about the only blood vessel available to see is through the eye. As we know, the eyes are the windows to the soul too. So a lot of times we'll go into this later when we discuss kind of some testing that you do, but like it, it shows up in like emotions. Like we can, we can look at certain issues of the eyes and see like what emotions we're struggling with or what's going on in the body that we didn't even know we were struggling with. So it's Mm -hmm. super cool. I love I love nerding out on the eyes today because that's where my eyes were the indicator of something was wrong with me. Like they became very inflamed and puffy and red to the point mm-hmm. that I knew something was wrong. And mm-hmm. so that's what dug, dug, I dug in deeper to figure out I had toxic mold exposure. So tell us about the eyes and how they can reveal certain things going on into the body. Like, you know, if somebody yeah. has yellow around the pupils and different mm-hmm. issues like that. Yeah, so I have studied, I did take a course in iridology. Um, I haven't like formally, I've worked with a few clients doing iridology, but I especially find interesting in iridology is how 
different colors in the eye relate to different things. Mm-hmm. So um, like yellowing of the white part of your eye is often relating to liver issues. Mm-hmm. Um, also like a lot of alcoholics um, who are really just like taxing their liver, they will get kind of like yellowing of the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, brown pigments in the eye, that is kind of like a buildup of melanin. Um, that can also be signaling something like heavy metals, heavy metal toxicity. Um, it's super common in like darker skin individuals to get kind of like darkness. They call it melanosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's super common. And I think the reason for that being more common in darker skin people is that they have more melanin in their body. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's more of it available to kind of protect you. Yeah. So the melanin, what it does is it's kind of like protecting you against heavy metals um, because it's actually like a antioxidant it functions like an antioxidant in the retina especially and it's one of the main protective pigments that we have in the body and so that's also the reason why like darker skinned people don't get macular degeneration Mm. and it's because um, the melanin actually protects them from the things that cause you know macular degeneration and so that's why usually it's the lighter skinned light eye people that have more eye problems in general yeah that's super interesting melanin is such an interesting compound I was just um, doing a podcast earlier about how melanin is really the reason behind melasma and it's a protective mechanism on the Mm -hmm. skin to protect from blue light exposure. Mm So we're seeing a lot more melanin because of all of our blue light exposure and how it's Mm -hmm. almost a protection that your body's like building this melanin in these certain areas as a protection. So I would assume it's, it works as a protection in the eyes as well. Yeah. And the other, the other reason I like to talk about melanin is because I think people focus like too heavily on the carotenoids um like they tell you to take high doses of like lutein and zeaxanthin I think those compounds can be good when you're like getting them in the right amounts and getting that from food Mm. Um, but I think it's kind of like murky new territory when we talk about supplementing these things in high amounts um also they're adding like mesoxanthin and like things that we only find in like really small amounts in food to these supplements so I think some of them are potentially harmful. Um, so I think a better thing to do would just be to focus on like supporting the body's melanin production. Um, so like something like chaga mushroom that has like the highest amount of melanin out of any food. Um, so that's something that I think is really cool to know. Um, and then just like the precursors that we need for melanin would be like vitamin C, bioavailable copper, um, the amino acid tyrosine these are things that we need to make melanin um and also vitamin a Mm -hmm. so if we just focus on like the foundational stuff instead of getting caught up in like different you know supplements and things like that I think is a much better strategy yeah I love that because it's like always going back to the root of what creates that micro dose of 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 the supplement that we need versus taking this stuff that one study proved that it was beneficial you know Mm -hmm. and we have no idea what it does in large doses like Mm -hmm. you said so yeah Yeah. giving your body the proper conditions it's designed to turn over what it needs now what about like you'll see people with almost like calluses on the white part of their Mm -hmm. eye you can actually see like little bumps or something what's that all about um so yeah that is like called a pterygium 
Um, basically, it's like fibrosis of the conjunctiva. Um, it's related to like iron-induced oxidative stress, um, excess calcium relative to magnesium. Um, I, I also think like improper light exposure can cause it like wearing sun, something like sunglasses a lot of the time mm-hmm. um, because that's kind of changing the light and that's going to impact, like you're going to get too much of, the spectrum kind of balances itself out. And so when you're getting too high concentration, when you're just taking out one part of the spectrum, it's imbalanced. Um, and they've actually found that even in tribes that were wearing like a special wraparound sunglass, um, they were still having really high rates of pterygium. Wow. Um, so I definitely think, you know, sunglasses are interesting. It's interesting to study that because that's like the recommendation, you know, just wear sunglasses and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think there's something to be said for, you know, having the right and the right nutrients in the body and having proper antioxidant stores in the eye is going to help protect more than anything, you know, more than a sunglass will help. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and then I- also sorry go ahead no you go you go um also it's been tied to like different viruses like hpv okay um like you know how like warts and things like that are always tied to viruses and heavy metals so i think it's pretty much the same thing with the pterygium um and other things like mineral imbalances like having low potassium actually um makes the tear film thinner and so that puts you more at risk for things like that. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, mm-hmm. so it could also be, like you said, if they're doing the sunglasses all through the day and they're not getting that AM and PM light, that affects the melanin, that affects like the eyes and the, the light itself. So it sounds like you're a big proponent of getting adequate and the proper amount of sunlight for the eyes too, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think... Uh, there's definitely a balance with it. Like, I think there's probably certain situations where, you know, you might want to do some protection. Like for me, like there are certain instances where I would probably wear sunscreen. Like if I was going to like a tropical climate and my skin hasn't like properly warmed up, I would choose like a more natural, you know, sun protectant, not like a chemical sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is something to be said for kind of like building up a solar callus. Mm. and you know having your skin adapt they found that that's actually protective against uh, things like skin cancer yeah um, when you're actually you know getting good sunlight and building up working up to it Um, so I think yeah there's definitely a balance with that Um, but I definitely think you know especially in the morning you want to have natural light exposure with no sunglasses um and then again at night when the sun's setting, that's another really important time to get the natural light exposure. Yeah, for sure. I've been recommending that for a while. So I'm glad that now listeners are hearing an, a doctor of optometry say, go out <laughs> and get sunlight first thing in the yeah. morning in your eyes. I mean, this is what sets that uh, melanin production too, is that AM and PM sunlight where it's not the strong damaging UV rays. So you can kind of develop that solar callus you were talking mm-hmm. about at those hours and then handle the sun a little bit better as you develop that melanin production. So yeah. I'm assuming it would be similar for the eyes that the eyes can get more geared to handling sun. Cause you know, you have a lot of people that are like, oh my gosh, you're telling me not to wear sunglasses, but I can't go out because my eyes will start watering and freaking mm-hmm. out. But there's that whole adrenal component too, that um, goes 
goes through testing the pupils. You can talk about that too, because there's like a little yeah. test that you do. Yeah. So the pupils are actually a really good kind of gauge of the nervous system. So the eyes are actually like the entryway into the nervous system. So what a lot of people don't realize is that you can tell so much about the nervous system just by looking at how the pupils respond to light. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically like today people tend to actually have larger pupils like because that's kind of like a sign that you're stuck in fight or flight um and also it's interesting to note that like because we're surrounded by all these like led and fluorescent lights nowadays i think that's also contributing to why people have larger pupils because Mm -hmm. those are really stress inducing um, lights and they have a lot of flicker and so that's one of the reasons why i think people's pupils are kind of getting bigger um but yeah with the pupils what you can do is if you shine a light into the pupil you want to see um the pupil is obviously going to constrict when you do that but you can kind of time how long it stays constricted and you really want it to stay constricted for at least six seconds most people when you do this test um, the pupil opens up in about like one to two seconds yeah um And some people, you'll kind of see the pupil go like in and out. Um, And again, that's just a sign that like, you know, the nervous system is trying, like it's trying to like hold on, but it's kind of like losing the ability. So it's really an interesting test. um, I think is, it's pretty cool way to check to see, you know, the functioning of the nervous system. Yeah, like partners could even do it on each other, like shine a little light in their eye and see how long it takes before that pupil like either closes or opens or Mm -hmm. pulses, like you said. Yeah, it's pretty definitive. So, you know, my main issue, like I said, was red eyes and and really puffy eyes. And my understanding Mm -hmm. from Chinese medicine was that the red eyes indicate liver heat rising and can be histamine too. So talk about like red Mm -hmm. eyes and the puffiness, you know, around the eyes. Yeah. Um, So with red eyes, I found a lot of it is related to like high serotonin, Mm. elevated estrogen, um, too much nitric oxide, mineral deficiencies, and endotoxin. Mm. Um, So all of those things, even the gut has a big impact on the eyes as well. Mm. Um, So like something that was interesting to me recently was I had a strep throat infection And luckily I was able to like cure it naturally and I didn't have to take the antibiotics, but I was like considering taking them. Yeah. Um, And I usually like don't take that stuff, but um, it was interesting to me because I did like ozone and herbals to kind of remedy it. And I thought I was in the clear. It was like three weeks after. And I was like, yeah, maybe I don't need to take this now because I had ordered some extra herbs for it. And then my eyes started to get like super dry. Like at night it would hit like 7 p.m. or so. My eyes would get super dry. And I was like, okay, I definitely know this is the strep. <laughs> like I know this is the strep causing inflammation. And wow. probably the strep in the gut was still in the gut and it was causing um, endotoxin in my blood. And that was actually affecting the eyes and causing dry eyes. And so I literally was like, I have to go on the herbals that I just got because I wasn't going to take it because I was feeling better. Literally one day on the herbs, dry eyes gone. Wow. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. Like, this is like, that was something I, you know, I knew, I knew the endotoxin and 
things in the gut could cause dry eye, but I had never like seen it firsthand like that. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. No, that's so neat that, I mean, people listening to this, cause they heard you say endotoxin, they heard you say, you know, kind of more of the bioenergetic stuff. So you must follow some of the practices of Ray Pete. So I know you'll tickle the ears of some of the listeners here who are Ray Pete followers, but mm-hmm. as far as the bioenergetic side, like there is a component of like endotoxins, like you're saying, and the thyroid that plays into the eyes and then yeah. vice versa. Yeah, so the thyroid's interesting because there's a lot of like thyroid hormone receptors in the eye. Mm. Um, specifically, the tear duct of the eye is a target for thyroid hormone. Really? So that's another reason why people have dry eye. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like an energy deficiency in the body. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different underlying causes. Um, and a lot of people like really, really struggle with dry eye. Um, especially like nervous system stress, like type A personalities, um, fatty acid imbalances, because that causes the, um, there's kind of like a mybum that comes out of the eyelid glands. And if the consistency of it is too much like butter and not enough like olive oil, it gets clogged and it gets stuck. Kind of like how like your pores would get clogged. Wow. Um, And so when that gets clogged, the oil can't spread onto the tear film. And then when there's not enough oil, the tears evaporate too quickly. And so so when the tears evaporate too quickly, you experience like grittiness, um, just feeling dry, like you have to blink a lot to get a clear clear view. Um, So yeah, it's interesting how like just everything in the body affects everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the and the puffiness, would that now that be more related like to thyroid based on like the adrenals being overstimulated and kind of that stressed response where the thyroid slows down because cortisol's pumping because doesn't cortisol and adrenaline create kind of a puffiness around the eyes? Yeah, um, it definitely could be that. And also like with low thyroid function, you also have impaired um, lymphatic function and reduced circulation. So with the eyes, um, the lymphatic system is what the places that the eyelids drain in particular, you have like two main drainage portions. And one of them is like this. And one of them is like this, that's like the submandibular and that one's the preauricular one. Mm -hmm. And so those two, so even doing something like gua sha on the face, yeah. And going toward the heart, um, everything kind of drains like kind of behind the collarbone here. So even going like this to the collarbone, massaging this area is going to help um, the eyes drain as well, especially oh, the eyelids. That. Yeah. I love that you mentioned gua sha. That's one of my favorite things to have done. My friend is an esthetician and she does gua sha and it's amazing just how your face feels. But now you're telling me there's benefit to the lymphatic and the eye system. Yeah. Yeah. So the eye um, actually doesn't have like a specialized lymphatic system, but there's like lymphatic-like mechanisms in the eye. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons why I'm weary of like LASIK and things like that, mm. because you are kind of like cutting corneal nerves and the corneal yeah. nerves are like pre-lymphatics in the eye. Wow. So like they help the lymphatic system, they help everything drain. Um And then also you're putting yourself at more risk for things like floaters. Um, Like people tend to have, you know, a lot more floaters when they get 
uh, LASIK and because you're kind of stressing out the eye a lot when you do something like that you're also making the cornea weaker you're making the cornea thinner and then so that makes it more sensitive and more susceptible to um, bacteria mold things like that Um, and then the other thing that I find really interesting about LASIK is that I know a practitioner that works on posture it's like a PRI practitioner and she told me that people that get LASIK, they get super patterned and it's really hard to like break their pattern. So they rely on one side of their body so much more than the other. Oh, wow. And she finds that like people that got LASIK, it's hard to break these patterns in them because they're just ingrained in them from the eyes down. Because I when you get LASIK, you're like basically like tattooing a prescription onto the eye. Wow. So it definitely has downstream effects um, when you do something like that. I don't doubt it for a minute because I, I went through a certification called Z Health and they um, do a lot of vision training to a- mm. adapt the body to different patterns or to help you solve an, a knee issue or a foot discrepancy or some sort of gait problem. Yeah. They're doing these vision training things. So yeah, so there's actually exercises we can do with our eyes that can mm-hmm. help other parts of our body. Can you talk about that? For sure. Yeah. Um So I think it's really interesting with like vision improvement, how a lot of the time what's contributing to vision problems is that the eye muscles are so tense because the body is like in such a stress state. Um, And so like, I definitely think there's multiple contributors to like why a person would need glasses. But I think if your vision changes anytime, like after you're done growing, it's always like a hundred percent stress induced. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's two kind of mechanisms going on. One is actually the growth of the eye, and that's more the only, the time you can influence that is in childhood, really. Right. Like getting the proper light signal, um, going outside, the light actually signals the dopamine in the eye, and then the dopamine can uh controls the growth of the eye. So if you're not getting the proper light signal, the eye is not going to grow properly. That's one of the reasons why. Um, And then also like just the development of the face in general is going to impact the growth of the eyes. So things like tongue ties, um, oral dysfunction, those type of things that kind of start when you're developing, that's going to impact the growth of the eyes as well. Um, So I definitely think, you know, there's, there's definitely some truth when people say like, oh yeah, you can like, Get, reduce your prescription and you know get rid of it because a lot of it is stress mm-hmm. um, but then there is going to be like for most people or some people there is going to be some part of it that's just based off how the eye grew and how long the eye socket is um, so they say myopes tend to have longer eyes and also you'll see like longer faces um, kind of like the typical like oral dysfunction you can often like spot a myope because their face tends to be longer and there are certain features that you can kind of notice like the chin the jaw development that also kind of relates to um, the eyes as well so um yeah I definitely think with like eye exercises and all that you can definitely learn how to relax your eyes and when you learn how to do that like your vision 100% can improve a lot Um, And I also think that a lot of people are in like too high of a prescription glasses um, because what happens is 
a lot of times when you go to the eye doctor, they're just working off of your previous prescription instead of kind of starting from scratch. So when they do that, they're just like, oh, you've always been in this. So we're just going to go up a couple of clicks, down a couple of clicks and see what you like the best. Um, And also like they don't have the time, like they only have 30 minutes in the exam room. They're just want to like go in quick and finish it up. So um, yeah, that's another big problem I see is that that locks people up when their glasses are too strong. Mm -hmm. And so I really am not a fan of like the 2020 correction um, because like most of your daily life, you're not needing to use, you're not needing to use like the worst case visual scenario uh, (laughs) prescription. Um, So especially if you're like working on a computer all day, that's actually what makes the vision get worse is that you're wearing glasses that are set for 20 feet away Mm -hmm. and you're looking at something, you know, six inches in front of your face all day. That's definitely going to worsen your vision. So a lot of people just have like bad habits and, um that's you know one of the reasons why people's vision starts to deteriorate even after they're done growing oh that's so cool I'm so glad you said that because as I shared with you I was doing some eye exercise to lower my diopter and I actually stopped going to the eye doctors because I was just ordering my contacts overseas so I could just get whatever prescription I want and drop my diopter and like Mm -hmm. I said it's been about three and a half points over four years or so and I'm at a sticking point now like we talked about but I'm trying to still work on it and one of the things I was doing was like you mentioned relaxing my eyes as much as I can because I do have a tendency to feel like I'm straining to look at things and I think it is more of an intense person we Mm -hmm. tend to like just always hold that tension not just in our body but in our eyes too and you actually you will find your body relaxing when you try to relax your eyes so it's really interesting and uh yeah I'm definitely a myope but I'm working on Mm -hmm. it I'm working on taking away but what about somebody I I know you mentioned there's a lot of computer screen usage now and we probably see you probably see more myopia than ever before or more Mm -hmm. eye issues than ever before from screen usage so is there like a trick to like should we wear maybe some plus glasses to bring that screen closer to make the lens relax or would that be the opposite like Um, how would you work I think it's a depends on the resting posture of your eyes so some people their eyes tend to uh, turn too much in and that's called esophoria Mm -hmm. and some people their eyes sit out that's called exophoria so if your eyes are sitting in it would help to add something like that but if your eyes are already sitting out it would cause more strain okay So it depends on the person and the resting posture of their eyes. Yeah, because I've heard of people that like are they're doing up close work, they actually put on the little reader plus glasses to bring it closer. But then Mm -hmm. I thought, well, is that going to like train your eyes to like you're looking at a magnifying glass all the time? Or does it actually relax your eyes if you're myopic? So it depends. Yeah. Like it really depends on the resting posture of their eyes, um, whether or not that would help. But a lot of people also have like these like unconscious habits that they do with their eyes that they don't realize that that actually strains the eyes. So staring is one. So like people just like intently stare and they don't (laughs) blink. Um, Squinting. A lot of people squint. um, That's really going to not be good for your vision. Posture. So like slouching, kind of like kind of like having one shoulder head tilt, things like that. All of that's going to change your vision. Um, And then just like clenching your jaw. So if you're like a 
teeth grinder, jaw clencher. Um, if you can like learn how to relax the eyes, like the jaw will relax, the pelvic floor relaxes. Um, so those are kind of downstream benefits of that. Um, and then also you can just kind of do like, I, with the exercises, I really just want people to do exercises that actually help them relax so if you feel like an exercise is straining your eyes don't do it Mm -hmm. if you feel like it's stressing you out don't do it um one of the ones you can do to kind of like release tension is to gently uh rotate your eyes when they're closed and kind of like imagine like a floating coin behind your eyes and just focus on the edge of the coin and just kind of follow it in like a slow circular motion oh wow um and another one this is like a simple one but like palming that's a really good one a lot of people find it super relaxing Um, you're just kind of like cupping your hands over your eyes you think of pleasant things when you do it and also a tip for doing this is try not to stare so just like let your like give your eyes permission to move around don't be like oh when I'm covering my eyes I have to keep my eyes in one in one right. spot um because right. glasses actually they train us to keep our eyes in one spot that's one of the downsides to glasses is that you can only see clearly when you're looking through the optical center okay. and if you look away from the optical center you'll kind of see distortions so unconsciously your eyes are kind of trained to stay in one spot um, and so in that regard the glasses are kind of like visual confinement a little bit mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the downsides to glasses. Although I don't think it's good for everyone. Like if you're like a minus six myope, I don't think it's a good idea to just like not wear glasses, you know, (laughs) because that's even more stressful on the brain to not have, you know, a a clear image on the retina. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think there's a balance with it. And I think you're, you're going about it the right way, just like gradually reducing it, um, and like letting your eyes adapt and the brain adapt because the brain doesn't adapt it takes time for the brain to adapt um and so yeah that's one of the reasons why like vision therapy is so effective it's because the brain and the eyes are plastic like you still have neuroplasticity well into you know even like middle age and old it's harder to change the brain once you're older obviously but you still have the ability to mm-hmm. um, and so that's why it's best to do things like vision therapy when you're young because that's when the brain is most kind of like adaptable. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's it's super easy to just take your diopter down like uh, one level and just make it a little bit blurry, but your eyes yeah. can adapt over time. Just like you said, that neuroplasticity, they just kind of go, okay, I guess I'm gonna have to work a little bit harder at focusing on things. And it's almost like exercise for your eyes. So mm-hmm. I've, I've found it, you know, just in small doses of moving down really beneficial. Now I wear contacts, but I wear the ones without UV protection mm-hmm. um, because I want the sunlight in my eyes. What are your tips? for healthy eyes for people that wear contacts yeah so um the benefits of contacts is that they do give you better peripheral vision um there are some downsides like it does kind of alter the microbiome on the eye yeah, I wondered about um that. so because of that you do want to make sure you know you're definitely not wearing them all day um you're giving your eyes breaks for sure um i definitely think contacts are great and they're so helpful in like certain situations. Um, but I definitely think it's important to like give your eyes a rest. Don't 
over where the contacts make sure you take really good care of them like you're not showering in them sleeping in them um you can get corneal i have a client who has like a corneal ulcer from wearing contact lens and now she has a scar on the eye so now she might have to get like a corneal transplant um so that's something that you definitely want to that's why I recommend daily contact lenses instead of like the monthly ones because that's where you can kind of get into trouble with contacts um but yeah I definitely think just like giving the eyes breaks and I'm not overusing and not overwearing the contacts is a good idea and the other thing I don't like about contacts is that you can't take them off. So if someone's like a myope and they're on their screen most of the day, um, that's where I wouldn't recommend the contacts, especially if, you know, the vision's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're not like totally blind without the contacts um, because then you can't like take them off when you're doing near work or anything like that. So that's the downside. You mentioned screens, so blue lights elevating in all of us, the exposure, especially after dark. And it's interesting that there's so many people developing cataracts more now in the past couple of decades mm. than probably ever before. So yeah. it, it, in my understanding, there's a correlation between so much blue light and cataract development. So are there ways to naturally reverse cataracts? And mm-hmm. what about the blue light too? Yeah, so with the blue light, too much blue light actually impacts choroidal thickness. Mm -hmm. And the choroid is what supplies all the nutrients to the eye. Um, So if you're impacting that, you're impacting like the nutrition that gets to the eye. um, And you're also impacting like the homeostasis of the eye. So in like sugar induced cataracts, um, it's actually like swelling of the lens that happens. And that's what induces the cataract. Um, but there's actually different types of cataracts. So it's good to like, if you go to the eye doctor, it's good to ask like what type, because if you know the type, you can also kind of figure out like what caused it. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Like there's like posterior subcapsular cataracts and those are more likely due to like radiation and toxins. Um, and you know, if you know the type of cataract you have you can kind of like infer kind of a little bit about what was the main factor in developing that um so that's an interesting fact but yeah with cataracts um a big thing is like keeping up the antioxidants in the body as you age because um the main antioxidants that help the lens are vitamin c um and glutathione Mm -hmm. so there's actually 20 times more vitamin c in the eye than there is in the blood plasma. So the eyes have a really, really high demand for vitamin C. Um, Also glutathione, that's the other big one. Um, So as you age, you naturally like decline in those. Um, So those are two good things to consider supplementing. Um, NAC eye drops, those can be helpful for cataracts. Anything that's gonna like help you like maintain the electrolytes um, in the body. So like um, sodium, potassium, magnesium, all of that's going to help prevent. Um, and then mitigating the blue light exposure, like you mentioned, um, taurine is another really important one I would consider supplementing, especially like as you age, cause it naturally declines. Yeah. Um, so that helps protect against the sugar induced cataracts. Um, and then they've also found that magnesium taurate helps with, uh, sugar cataracts by helping to restore like the redox in the lens. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that's another good one. There's also taurine eye drops, okay. which are really helpful for glaucoma. And they also help to regulate like the fluid balance in the eye as well. So people have to love that like all along this podcast, you give little tips, you know, there's so many things we can do for the eyes. Now I did something really cool with you. I did the, the bioenergetic, the bioresonance scan that you offer. And um, I, so I, all I had to do was send in some nail clippings or somebody could send in hair. And then you were able to tell me what's going on with my eyes, with my body, like, tell us how this works. This was super interesting when I got back my scan in just a few weeks and I was able to consult with you and find out a lot of different things. Yeah. So one of the things I love bioresonance is like literally my favorite test out of like any functional medicine test out there. Um, The reason why I love it so much is because I find it really accurate. Like it lines up with blood work. Mm -hmm. um, It lines up with HTMA that I've done as well and it gives you like a lot of information so it's a really good picture of like your overall health um but the eye scan in particular it's been really really fascinating for me to do these scans um especially like seeing people with like a variety of eye conditions I've noticed I've definitely been noticing patterns Mm -hmm. and like patterns with certain eye conditions um I've noticed like people with keratoconus they have um low copper um and that's like pretty much like repeating themes are coming up. So that's really interesting. Um, A lot of people's eyes are being affected by things like candida. Um, I see that come up a lot. I see magnesium coming up a lot. Um, All like the common deficiencies, potassium comes up a lot on scans. Uh, Vitamin C is coming up a lot. Um, A lot of people that have like histamine issues are things like that are showing up on the scan. Um, Emotional issues pop up from time to time. Like if someone's really stressed out about their eye condition, I always see some emotional component coming up, which is interesting as well. Um, So yeah, it's been really fascinating just to like look at the eyes from this energetic perspective. And um, even like people have come to me that have... um, like Lyme toxins coming up and they have something like thyroid eye disease. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's like hidden, there's all these like layers. And the thing I like about the bioenergetics is that it's kind of like peeling back layers. So like if you do the energetic tincture and then you scan again, like new things will pop up because things have been remedied on the energetic level. And then you're kind of peeling back the next layer of what, what next to work on. Oh, it's so cool because like, yeah, I did the scan, I consulted with you and I got this tincture from, now I think she's like an associate of yours that she builds this energetic tincture and it was based on emotions. It was based on eye issues I was having, but also body issues I was having, uh, specifically histamine, like you mentioned. And I tell you, like my eyes, probably I noticed a difference for sure, but it was my sleep, like, and it was my cycle, like, I wasn't having, like, much wrong with my cycle, just maybe some minor symptoms, Mm -hmm. but my female cycle, like, was flawless this last time, and I've only been on the tincture for a month since talking to you, Mm -hmm. and it was flawless, it was, like, exactly what a a cycle should be, like, an inconvenience, that's it, like, there shouldn't Mm -hmm. be symptoms around it, and so that was really neat to see that just this act of addressing my body through my eyes, there was able to be a bioenergetic um, 
way yeah. to resolve it and and just kind of calming the body too so interesting that you mentioned the sleep too because the eyes are part of the central nervous system right um so the eyes are actually like out what embryologically when the eyes develop it's from brain tissue mm-hmm. um and so anything that's wrong with the eyes is something with the is also happening to the brain um so I find it interesting that the sleep would be affected because that kind of has to do with like any imbalances that are happening with the eyes are probably also affecting sleep as well yeah because it's both part of the brain that's that's so crazy that it's the same tissue in the brain that we're seeing in the eyes wow it's pretty cool yeah So, so yeah I I definitely think that people should put you on their health team. Like we always need this team of individuals, you know, a nutritionist and maybe yeah. a fitness coach or a life coach or whatever. And then like, you know, a holistic practitioner they can field ideas from. And now like a doctor of optometry who thinks outside the box and looks deeper into the body than just what's on the surface. You know, a lot of times if you go into uh, an eye doctor and you have red eyes, they go, well, here's some steroid drops, you know, that'll mm-hmm. take the redness out. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, that's not a fixing why why do I have you know so I love your method of consulting and I think you're an essential avenue for people who are looking to improve their health and maybe they've addressed their gut they've addressed their um, nutrition they've addressed their exercise but have they looked at their eyes to see what else their body's telling them so in this sense how can somebody work with you what do you recommend yeah so um, I do like free 15 minute discovery calls. Um, so if they want to book that, they can just go through my Calendly and get something on the schedule. Um, basically, I'll just, you know, tell you how to work with me, tell you a little bit about the scans that I do. Um, and then, yeah, if you're interested in doing that, I usually email you after the call and then we set something up from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's highly valuable and personalized. These eye drops, this tincture was like customized to exactly what my scan showed. And at first I was like, is this like woo-woo stuff or something? But (laughs) I mean, seven drops in the morning and seven drops at night under my tongue. And I noticed a huge difference in one month. So, And then I also got the MSM and the vitamin C drops and actually dropped them in my eyes. And they were so soothing. Like they were really soothing to the eyes to have those as eye drops instead of some, you know, um antihistamine eye drops or something yeah. like that so and the msm supports like collagen production in the eye yeah. and super hydrating it supports like the osmotic balance and the electrolytes and so that's a good way to just like protect your eyes from anything any like outside environmental toxins um mm-hmm. even from blue light because you're kind of helping with the osmotic balance in the eye and that's going to protect your eyes from the light as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, a couple last questions here, since you are kind of a peat follower or a peat believer. Yeah. Do hormone issues like estrogen dominance or low progesterone or low testosterone, do they show up in some ways in the eyes? Yeah, I've actually seen studies about like progesterone being super helpful for glaucoma. Mm. Um, so that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of eye conditions, actually, progesterone, even, I think cataracts as well, mm-hmm. um, a progesterone has been shown to help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think estrogen dominance, a lot of people have that as an issue going on. Mm-hmm. And so that's why kind of like helping with progesterone production. Um, I know blood sugar balance is really big uh, for progesterone as well. 
So doing things like that can definitely have an impact for sure. Yeah. Getting those carbs up because you, you know, so many people going keto or low carb, they're like, my eyes are so dry. <laughs> like mm. You're not making any mucus in your body for your eyes. Yeah. So, and I love that, you know, I heard you at one point say things like you recommend the shredded carrot salad and obviously addressing the thyroid too. Yeah. Especially for the dry eyes, the carrot salad, because that helps with endotoxin right, and right. also estrogen. And those yeah. are two things that can cause imbalances. For sure. So, um, yeah, raw carrot salad's really good. Um, just like getting the right balance of like healthy fats in the diet, I think is a really big one. Um, like you really do need the right balance. Like I don't think like all omega-3s are bad or like all, like you need a good balance of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that if you're having saturated fat, I believe 100% saturated fat is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think, having the right balance of fats in the diet is also going to really be helpful. Um, so that's another reason why I like the scan because it tells you like which fatty acids are out of balance or if you have any imbalances there. Nice. Um, so that's cool too. Yeah. The scan is, is easy. I mean, you just send in your hair or nail clippings and they do the scan and it's affordable and the consult was reasonable and you were, you were really well-versed in just picking things out that I hadn't seen. So I loved that. So mm-hmm. I want to encourage everybody listening today to give it a try because it, it, you're definitely going to learn something from it. Now, one last question I like to ask mm-hmm. my um, attendees to the podcast is I I have a favorite quote by Audrey Hepburn that says, I believe that every day should have at least one exquisite moment in it. So Dr. DeGroote, what is your exquisite moment today? Oh, I have a good one. Okay. Um, I actually got a double yolk in my egg this morning. (laughs) (laughs) And that's good luck, I heard. So I was like, today's going to be a good day. Well, if nothing else, it's a really good egg. So like you get two yeah. yolks for the for one. So two yolks for the price of one. Yeah. And especially with the egg shortage. Right. Right, right. That was a win. Can't beat it. Oh, I love that. That's a perfect exquisite moment. Well, thank you for today. It's been fun. And I hope people will use those links in the show notes that I'll put in there and check you out because you are a valuable resource. Thank you so much. This okay. was fun. Okay. Thanks right. for coming on. You're welcome. Are you experiencing hair loss, hair thinning, hair shedding? What do all these have in common too? This is important to know. It could be your thyroid or even a gut dysbiosis where you aren't absorbing your minerals and your vitamins. So while you definitely need to address it from the inside first, and I'd love to help you with that too, as I specialize in thyroid issues, you can also start using a really great line of natural hair care products from a company that I love called Buffalo Gal. Now, while you always want to go to the gut first, You can definitely have these products on hand because these are formulated with ingredients that actually work from the scalp level and with things like MSM and hyaluronic acid, you're going to get results using products uh, that actually have medicinal purposes in them at the topical level. So their MSM shampoo bar lathers so well when I use it and it gives me body, but it also gives me a really clean scalp and their hyaluronic 
neck conditioning bar. It detangles my hair, which my hair is really long and really thick, so it gets really tangly. It keeps my curls in place. And I can't say enough about their sea salt hairspray. It comes in a glass bottle. Oh my gosh, like what company makes a glass bottle hairspray? And it also gives you that kind of beachy, tousled sea salt in your hair look, which I love. They only use ingredients that are 100% safe, all natural, organic, centering around their artisanal multi-species grass-fed tallow. They use a lot of this buffalo and beef tallow in their products and every single ingredient has a specific and important healing role in their formulation. So I love that because while you definitely want to go at it from a gut level, and a thyroid level, you also want to go at it topically with ingredients that actually do something in the scalp. So you can get yours at the link provided in the show notes with Buffalo Gal Grass Fed, and you're going to use my code Jodell, J-O-D-E-L-L-E, to get 15% off your purchase of their shampoo bar, their conditioning bar, the sea salt spray, they've got skincare, really great products that I know you're going to love and your body's definitely going to benefit from. So you're dealing with late night sugar cravings, are you? Well, you're not alone. A lot of people are. And it's because of all the blue light stimulation after the sun goes down. Did you know that blue light can actually make you crave carbs after the sun goes down due to the stress from releasing cortisol? It's telling your brain this is noon and yet we've already had a noon today. So release cortisol because we don't know why there's so much blue light now that the sun has gone down. So a really easy fix to help your body stave off those sugar cravings and feel more optimal is with blue light blocking glasses. Now I have the day blockers on to where when I'm on my computer during the day I can block any excessive blue light that I don't need. The sun gives us the perfect amount of blue light but sometimes our devices have excessive amounts and that can lead to chronic sleepless nights and it can lead to a little bit more cravings for sweets and carbohydrates than we're used to. Then after the sun goes down I put on my amber or reddish orange colored blue light blocking glasses that tells my brain this is night. It's time to wind down, release melatonin, not have any cravings because we're getting close to bed. So just by getting your light right, you can actually get your cravings right. So I want you to go to Swanwick Sleep. The link is in the show notes and you're going to use my code FITFOR10. That's F-I-T-F-O-R, the number 10, and save 10% off your purchase of blue light blocking glasses, either day or night, whatever it is that you need. But I highly recommend at least starting with the nighttime ones to end those sugar cravings or those little pesky like I need to sneaky snack at night cravings. They also have incredible anti-blue light bulbs for your your home lights as well as an anti-blue light night light. If you have children or you yourself like to have night lights in the house, this doesn't emit any blue light. It's dimmable. It can be brighter or dimmer and it's wonderful to help children prevent myopia because if children are exposed to blue light after the sun goes down at a very young age, they can start to de- develop the risk for myopia or near sightedness. And there's published studies that show this. So make sure that you check out the link in the show notes and use my code FITFOR10 to save yourself 10% off of either the glasses or the bulbs or the anti-blue light um, nightlight or all of the above because when we get our light right, we're going to get our bodies right.